Hello and welcome to the second official episode of 360 Degrees Hotter. I'm your host, Declan Hotter. Uh, today we have a great episode in store for you guys. Uh, I know it's been a long time, but we're going to back on that grind. we got to get some uh, Notre Dame guests here. Um, to begin the episode, I'm going to discuss a few things that have gone on in my life recently. Um, if you guys follow me on Instagram, you'll know one of them right off the bat. It's my last Instagram post. Uh, after that, I'm inviting my good friend Jason uh, Brudico onto the podcast, and we're going to talk about uh, his summer and um, yeah, what he's up to. Uh, again, greatly appreciate you guys listening, and yeah, hope you guys enjoy. So, uh, what's up, guys? Um, nothing's really going on in my life right now. Just go back to school. Um, shockingly, just kidding, unsurprisingly, got sick the first week, got diagnosed with strep throat. So, um, I think I, was, I hold some type of record. Um, last year, the last week during finals week, I was also diagnosed with strep throat. Um, so, the last two official weeks I have been at school, I've been diagnosed with strep twice. Um, that has to be a record. Like that's just something like unheard of, but, um, yeah. So the one thing I really want to talk about, um, today was, um, my last Instagram post. Um, I went to see Andrew Yang, a Democrat presidential candidate, um, about a week or two before I left for school. Um, as you guys know, I'm a Republican, um, but I'm always open to new ideas, um, just like listening to the other side, see what they have to say, see where they're coming from. Um, I mean, listening to him didn't really sway me in any way, shape, or form, but I do think he's a great guy. Um, really, if I had to pick a Democrat candidate, uh, I would be him. Uh, I obviously hope that no Democrat candidate wins, but... That being said, um, I would just like to talk about my experience there. So I went with my brother and with his best friend um, uh, to see him. And immediately when I got there, uh, I heard some like snarls at me. I was wearing my Notre Dame Republican shirt. Uh, I did it on purpose, obviously. Uh, but I kind of did it for like the open mindset that um, a Republican is willing to jump on the other side of the aisle um, and uh, listen to someone that does not agree with him uh, for most of his standpoints. And I was hoping more people would uh, look at it like that. Um, I'll get to this later in the story, but a few people did. Um, but yeah, so I, I initially went uh, and looked for Andrew Yang's little booth because it was just like a Democrat convention. There was like a booth for every single candidate and I just like, did not care about like Tom Stairs, like Booth, like just get off YouTube, dude. Yeah. If anyone you guys don't know who Tom Stair is, he's the guy that just like bombards you with YouTube advertisements. And I'm like, you are not going to win a presidential candidate, see, off of YouTube advertisements. But anyway, I got to Andrew Yang's booth and they're handing out things. I got one of those little signs that said Yang Gang. And I also saw like a bunch of people uh, walking around with his book. And I was like, oh, do you guys like have any books? And they're like, yeah, we did. I was like, how much? They're like, it's free. I'm like, okay, this is sick. Like, just handing out, like, a $20 book for free. Um, yeah, like, please give me one. 
Um, so me and uh, my brother and his friend get one. We walk around um, to the side. We're like 20 minutes early waiting for Yang to come. And there's like these group of like small high schoolers um, uh, standing around and we pass them. And my shirt blatantly says Notre Dame Republicans. Like the word Republicans is huge on the back and there's a huge elephant. Um, and I hear them say something about me and I'm just like, whatever, like it's expected, I guess. Um, but then, yeah, I'm just chilling. I'm like reading through the book and I'm like, oh, this seems like a pretty interesting book. Like I'll read it. And I must have said it pretty loud because uh, one of the kids comes over and he's like, oh, like you're going to read this book. And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, oh, like, uh, let me read you an inter interesting passage. Like, I think you'll like it. And I'm like, thinking to myself, like, what could this possibly be? Like, this cannot be a good portion of the book. And he starts immediately reading something from the first chapter, which um, unfortunately highlights uh, Andrew Yang uh, being the target of racial abuse, which just is absurd. Uh, I mean, it's sad that, you know, today that's still prevalent. I mean, it was he, when he was a kid, um, I mean, and he's a little older, but still, you know, racism, bad, obviously. And I'm just like thinking to myself, I'm like, kid, why in God's name would I like this article or this passage of this book? And he's like, oh, dude, like, why are you getting so defensive? Like, I was just reading you an article uh, or like a passage on it. I'm just like, dude, you were not reading me a passage out of a book uh, about the uh, freedom dividend that Andrew Yang wants to give um, and like the racist part, like the one part that is not about the uh, freedom dividend to me for no reason. He's just like, no, like, dude, like I am like, there's no reason for it. And then I like say something back. I'm like, no, just like, please tell me like why you're doing it. And he's like, oh, like, oh, you're like Ben Shapiro over here, dude. He's just like a classic, like moronic 17 year old kid who has no idea what he's talking about just like trying to incite that I'm a racist because I'm wearing a Republican shirt. And, you know, I, I just, I really just had a big problem with that. Um, it's one thing to, you know, disagree with me. Uh, not everyone has the correct answers. The left is not right. The right is not correct. Uh, I mean that in like the answers that they provide for each uh, policy are not correct one way or the other. Um, it's like a mixture of uh, a lot of things, that, thought process that goes into it. Um, but to come up to me and lob this like insane accusation on me that I'm a racist simply because I'm a Republican is exactly what is wrong with today's society. Like, uh, like the, the polarization in today's politics is just ridiculous. Like we have come to the point where you'll attack me rather than you'll attack my beliefs. Like this guy calls me a racist like straight up there's like no way around it like i didn't want i didn't want to say it, but he just calls me a racist like and it was just absurd but uh anyway um we got past that and andrew comes and speaks uh he was a good speaker um uh i listened to some of like the reviews later on and apparently talks about like the same thing a lot uh, but i mean obviously you can't really kind of deviate from what you normally talk about uh, but he was good. I met him afterwards. He was really nice. Signed my book. Said he was happy that a Republican was there to come see him speak. Um, and then um, his campaign manager actually came up to me and said he took a picture of me listening to uh, him speak and asked if he could put it on his Twitter. And I'm like, hell yeah, put it on your Twitter. Uh, that's sick. Like, I got put on a presidential or a candidate's Twitter. Like, hell yeah, put me on. 
Um, and then as I was leaving, a New York Times uh, a journalist came up to me and was like, hey, like, I got a few questions for you. Uh, you are one of the only Republicans I've seen on this trail come to Andrew Yang's um, talks. Like, walk me through it. Like, why are you here? So I gave him my answers. Uh, it was a quick little uh, interview. And he's like, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm posting an article sometime next week about his uh, New Hampshire campaign. So um, maybe you'll see yourself in it. And, you know, I was checking myself, like checking Andrew Yang's feed on New York Times, like every day, like multiple times a day to see if I was on there. Finally, this guy posts the article, quotes one guy from New Hampshire, and he was a Democrat in the article. Needless to say, I was mad. I was just like, that was my one opportunity to get on New York Times, which would have been crazy. I don't know. Like, yeah. But uh, anyway, that's my uh, experience with Andrew Yang. Um, I kind of miss not having the uh, Republican uh, candidates coming out to talk um, for the primary. But it's uh, still pretty interesting to see uh, what the Democrat candidates are doing. Um, yeah, I also met Mayor Del Bill de Blasio uh, that same day. He was uh, one of three speakers, one of three Democrat speakers, so him, Andrew Yang, and some uh, um, other woman. It might have been Tulsi, which I thought she was running for New Hampshire senator. Sorely mistaken. Um, she has her signs like all up in New Hampshire. So really... Had thought she was running for uh, New Hampshire Senator, but she's not. Um, but anyway, Bill de Blasio is not the best looking guy. Uh, people were giving Chris Christie crap for being overweight, and I think we should, uh, I mean, Bill de Blasio has no chance of winning anyway, but we should highlight the fact that he has yellow teeth. Uh, very bad hygiene. Do not want a president in there with bad hygiene. I prefer someone that is able to take care of themselves. Um, but yeah, so that's my uh, little spiel on the Andrew Yang. I just wanted to, you know, more formally talk about it. Uh, Instagram caption didn't do it enough justice. Um, but yeah, so that's all I got from me today. Uh, Trying to keep this episode a little bit shorter. Uh, not a lot of people listened to it to the end last time. Uh, it was kind of long, hour and a half, or hour and five minutes. And I know no one really wants to listen to two nobodies talk about literally nothing. Um, so, yeah, shorten this one up. I got my uh, good friend Chasen coming on. Um, we're going to talk about his summer, about China. He was there this summer. And, um, yeah, it's going to be a really good episode. I'm really excited to put it out. Haven't put an episode out in a couple weeks. So, um, yeah, I'm really, I'm really excited to put this out for you guys. And without further ado, I'd like to uh, invite my friend uh, Chasen Brutico on. All right, so I got my good friend Chasen Brutico on here today. So say what's up, Chasen. Hey, thanks for having me on, Declan. Yeah, yeah, no problem. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. So I am from San Juan Capistrano, California, which is about an hour south of LA. Oh, California, baby. Yep. <laughs> uh, I'm studying. I'm a junior, and I'm studying economics and Chinese. Nice, dude. Um, how's Chinese going? Uh, it's tough. It's a tough language to learn. Uh, it requires a lot of hours. Yeah. Uh, but Did yeah, you... I'm in fourth year Chinese this year, so I'm I'm fourth close year. to being fluent, I think. You think, dude. Okay, I good. Hope. Did you take it in high school or did you start taking it in college? 
I started my freshman year of high school. So, and you're only on your fourth year, buddy? <laughs> a little bit embarrassing, right? Yeah. But <laughs> nah, uh, I completely understand that. Russian, <laughs> Russian is so systematic. Oh, yeah, Chinese is, is tough. Tough language. Yeah, our, um, my, my Russian professor uh, was showing us like a, um, uh, like a triangle chart of mastery of languages and sh- like the hardest ones, uh, like Chinese, Arabic, Russian, and all of them. Right. It takes like three years two to three years to get like into the intermediate level yeah so like even though like my russian class right now is labeled intermediate russian one like she's like you're still understanding at a novice level like and probably at the end of the semester you will too and i'm just like no that makes me feel great about myself (laughs) it's like the same thing with chinese yeah same exact it's hard man people that take spanish don't know exactly (laughs) easy spanish is too easy yeah What's it like living in uh, California, dude? That's the completely opposite coast from New Hampshire. Right, yeah. You know, the weather's great in California almost year-round. Uh, you know, pretty pretty comfortable. I'm close to the beach, so we get that cool ocean breeze coming up to the house. It's it's very relaxing. It's become older. <laughs> too many people, though. Way too many people. Way too many people? What, just like in your area or just like in California itself? Just in my area because there's traffic every day at... Not just... Well, including rush hour. Yeah. Rush hour is terrible, Yeah. but outside of rush hour, there's still traffic randomly in the day. It makes zero sense why there's traffic. Yeah, so <laughs> if during rush hour, what is like the peak, like from your house to LA, how long would it take you to get there? During rush hour? During rush hour. Oh, I'd say at least two and a, two and a half hours. Really? Without rush hour, or if I'm not in rush hour, yeah. no traffic at all, under an hour. Under an hour. Okay, dude, that's like the same thing for me to Boston. Like, so like me and my dad commuted to Boston all last year. And uh, during some mornings, it took us two hours to get in. And Boston's 40 minutes from my house. Yeah. And it sucks because there's only one highway into Boston from New Hampshire. 93, baby. Um, <laughs> my dad's first day at work took him three hours to get in. And he was yeah. like, he was late. He's like, dude, I'm so sorry. He's That's like, ridiculous. I know, it was crazy. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, what were you up to this summer? You know, we're getting back to the swing of things at school. Uh, what were you at this summer? Right. So this summer, I spent nine weeks in China. One week in Shanghai and eight weeks in Beijing. And a weekend in Xi'an, which is a couple hours uh, inland from Beijing. Xi'an's a couple hours inland? Right. About four and a half hours. Oh, wait, yeah. Terrain. It's like it's up north, right? Uh, it's it, to the it, west of Beijing. Okay, yeah. I took a uh, ancient Chinese history class. Yeah, and, do you know uh, any uh, famous sites that are there? Is it the Terracotta Soldiers? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah the Terracotta yeah. Warriors. Right. Yeah. Uh, that's the only cool thing I remember from that class. Uh, I don't know, pretty interesting class, but uh, yeah. So, like, was this program from uh, Notre Dame, or did you just do it on your own merit? Right, so it was a program through Notre Dame. About twenty-five students, myself included, mostly from Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. A couple from different universities. Mm-hmm. Um, did a sort of study abroad in Beijing, mm-hmm. where we all we were all different levels of Chinese, mm-hmm. but we all learned a full year of Chinese. In about two months. Wow, that's actually crazy. Um, so did you jump from uh, three to four? Like, were you supposed to be in three this year? Right. Yes. So, so last last spring semester, yeah. I finished second year Chinese, and okay. this summer I completed third year Chinese, and now I'm in fourth year Chinese. <laughs> Jesus. Some kids do that for Russian too. Uh, they like just skip the uh, course or like half the the full year, like intermediate. I'm like, dude, like I would still totally take it. Like, I yeah, would, I would not trust myself <laughs> to think I knew. A whole year of like learning. Oh, it's definitely helpful, especially if you're living in the the country where yeah. your language you're learning is the native tongue. Yeah, definitely. You learn it a lot quicker. Uh, did you think it helped a lot? Like definitely. 
Uh, well, we had to sign a language pledge, yeah. and we could only speak Chinese while we were uh, in China. So you didn't so, speak any English? Uh, <laughs> occasionally. You can lie. <laughs> occasionally, I had to speak English because I wouldn't know how to say a certain word. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was a lot of Chinese. That's good. That's a, that's really good. Middlebury does that. Um, I've heard. Yeah. I want to do that for Russia when I graduate. I think it'll be really helpful, but we'll see. It's expensive. You should go to Moscow. I want to. <laughs> I don't want to study abroad there. Because uh, like, I wanted to study abroad, but the only two places I could study abroad were Russia or Ukraine. Because those are the only two that had uh, Russian language that they offer. Like London doesn't offer Russian language class. Um but do not sense. want to spend... I mean, like, yeah, it does make sense, but still kind of <laughs> angry about it. I didn't want to uh, spend four months of my life in Russia. So, Yeah, so uh, what do you think? Like, just overall impressions of China. You've never been, right? No, this was my first... I've been to uh, Hong Kong, but right. Hong Kong's more of a westernized right. country. This was my first time in China, in Beijing, mm-hmm. in Shanghai. Um, was it, I mean, like, how different was it from Western culture? Uh... Right off the bat, the first week, um, well, of course, there's a ton of people there. Right. Um, so I'd say, uh, like, especially when you're walking around, you get bumped into a lot, and people mm-hmm. like don't really care mm-hmm. or like wouldn't stop. Like in America, if someone bumped into you, they would say sorry. Yeah. But in China, they would not because there's just too many people. Yeah. Always walking around the street, so no bumping into people space. is yeah. yeah. Personal space is, is almost non-existent. Um, also, the the summers in in Beijing are extremely hot, mm-hmm. extremely warm. I was sweating every single day. <laughs> Walking to class at 7.30 in the morning, I was already sweating. Jesus. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was very humid. But what I found interesting is, um, you know, Chinese people, uh, especially the girls, mm-hmm. um, they view uh, like very pale, very white skin as the beauty standard. Right, right. So almost every Chinese girl would walk around with an umbrella when the yeah. sun was out because they don't want their skin to burn because they want to keep their skin pale because they think that's the most beautiful way to have your skin which I thought was very interesting even some guys were walking around with umbrellas too because they were just scared of getting burned why are you walking around with an umbrella (laughs) yeah (laughs) uh dude just the funny thing about that is like I I know just from my other class like they thought that like the paler skin was better because that means you did not work in the farms that means you own the farms right and I didn't I didn't realize that it still was prevalent today that the pale skin is still like the high class. Yeah, it is exactly. Because you know we don't think that here the tanner the better. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I'm trying to get a tan in California, but yeah, it's hey, hard. You don't sometimes. look that tan to me, man. But you're tanner than me, so I'll give it to you. <laughs> Thanks. Um, anything else like interesting that you saw like in uh, China uh, that was like different? Um, just like you know, in particular, I had you look up like that social credit system. Um, right. Was there any type of like monitoring that you saw, um, like on the streets or anything? Was there like just like mass uh, government workers around, or cameras? Like, what'd you see? Of course. So, when I got off the plane, and I guess during the first week, I noticed a lot of uh, policemen. Mm-hmm. I'd say way more policemen in China than what I would see like living in California. Mm-hmm. Um, and they all wear these red armbands mm-hmm. to represent that they work for the government. That was very interesting. Um, and also, um, China's a, a communist state, so everywhere I went, uh, I saw cameras. Every street corner, every building had a camera. I'm not sure if all of them were working. I wouldn't be surprised if some of them were just there, yeah. just to appear that, they, that it was monitoring something. Mm-hmm. But everywhere you went, you were being watched through a camera. Um, 
even in my classroom, when I was studying, I was studying at Peking University in, in Beijing, mm-hmm. and in one classroom alone, there was five cameras, one in each corner, or one in each corner of the room, and then one just kind of in the center. Was, they have every angle of the room covered. Um, and apparently, the government hires a lot of the, a lot of people to monitor like cameras in very prevalent areas of areas with uh, like like a mall or like just a an area where a lot of people will congregate. Um, apparently, there's someone always watching those cameras. And for example, if a crime would occur in those really congested areas, then the Chinese government could easily um, find the person who committed the crime. And I've heard my teachers in China were telling me that. Um, like this guy, he stole something from someone, and instead of chasing the guy, mm-hmm. instead of uh, the guy whose item got stolen, he just went to the police, and the police were able to look through the camera and find out the identity of the guy and take him to jail and get the the guy's object or item back, whatever it was. Wow! But that was very crazy because if that were to happen in America, uh, or like, if that just wouldn't really happen in America. The guy would just be gone. Yeah. Police would just search for him. Yeah, that sounds like a, like, I mean, like, in theory, it sounds like a great idea, right? But, like, do not right. want cameras watching. Yeah, crime right was pretty much non-existent. Yeah. I would walk back sometimes on the weekends at 1 or 2 in the morning, and it would be completely, like, a 30-minute walk, and I would yeah. be completely safe. No worries that I would get robbed or, or yeah. hurt or anything. Yeah, it's like a it's like a win-lose situation. It's like crime goes down, no personal privacy. You know, like uh, I'm, I'm, re- I'm in a, s- a Russian science fiction literature class, and we're reading uh, We, uh, which is 1984 was based off of We. Have you read 1984? Of course, in high yeah. school. Oh, <laughs> my God, hate! I would hate my life if that was reality. Big Brother's always watching, especially but, in China. Yeah, that's that's exactly <laughs> what it is. If you prevent, if you have no crime, that means you're like you can't just naturally have no crime, because like human nature just has errors in it, right? So if you want no privacy, then you have no crime. Like, I guarantee you there's, like, very minimal crime in these dystopian societies. Right, of course. It's crazy. So speaking of the cameras, uh, that Chinese social credit system that uh, I mentioned earlier. Right. Isn't that insane? Yeah. (laughs) I I wasn't really aware of that until you talked to me about it. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, after reading uh, a little bit about it online, I think... Uh, that's pretty crazy. I mean, I get, I understand the idea, um, just lower crime, try and make society a better place. You know, get rid of things that mm-hmm. harm people or harm harm someone or harm uh, society. You know, I, I guess I can I understand the idea behind it, but still, I think it's it's pretty crazy. You know, have you seen yeah. like Black Mirror? Yeah, I, I haven't seen the episode, but I know people keep talking about it because um, they what rate you based off of like right. you know, the Starbucks barista. And yeah, it's very. You basically yeah. get a rating. It's very, very similar to that. But what I read with, that was interesting online is they the Chinese government could, could prevent you from um, from getting basic things like going on a train yeah. or flying. Um, I even read that they could keep you keep your kids from going to really good schools, which I thought was ridiculous because um, you sh- like if a parent commits a crime, you shouldn't punish their kids. Yeah. Well, that and it, like, keeps you locked in class. Like, there's, like, room for improvement. But, like, if you go down, like, it's very hard to get your score back up. Like, there was... So, just, like, a little history on it. Like, they, in 2014, the prime minister... That's, yeah, the prime minister. Is that what he's called? 
or the uh, president. You can say yeah, president. president. Like uh, put out a like official communication or whatever you want to call it, and said that by 2020, like all major cities in China are going to have like a social credit system, and you're going to be ranked off a thousand points. If you do something wrong, you'll lose X amount of points, and it'll be like written out how you can gain and how you can lose points. Like you'll lose points for jaywalking. And you lose points if you're like against Chinese culture, like you do something against Chinese culture. So like Jimmy Fallon has this funny thing where he's just like says, I disagree. And then he like he has like a point thing and it's like it, go, it keeps going down yeah. or whatever. <laughs> and like it just like that's just like wrong. Like it I totally I totally like, agree. You know? And I think if China continues to do this, mm-hmm. I think it would create definitely a social divide, especially if if the good is being separated from the bad, mm-hmm. then I think a big social divide would be created and maybe cause a lot of tension between like the people with good credit and the people with bad credit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and also like that would just create unequal opportunities through society. Oh, I think um, everyone should have an equal opportunity to pursue whatever they want to pursue. But if the social credit system is in place, then mm-hmm. um, it prevents people from doing that. Yeah, it's like they have this thing called the blacklist. Like if you get on the blacklist, like you said, you can't rent train tickets, you can't buy a plane ticket. So that means you're stuck. You're done. Exactly. Um, I watched this uh, one Chinese blogger. It was luckily in English, but she was in uh, <laughs> Beijing. And uh, she was kind of just describing the social credit system. She definitely got paid by the government to do it. There was no I'm not surprised. There's like no doubt in my mind. She was hyping it up like it was like the best thing ever. Um, she's like, look at me. I'm a good citizen. I can rent this car for free because I have this amount of credit score because I'm a good citizen. She's like, I got my license like three days ago. And I'm like, dude, like you can't rent this car. Like that's not like you, that should not be allowed. Yeah. Um, but at the end she was like, yeah, America does this already too, but, um, you just don't know it. And I'm just like thinking to myself, like I paused it for a second. I'm like, okay, like where in society like, does America do this? And we got credit scores based right. on, like, good credit. You can say they're sort of similar. Like, not really. So I mean, like, that was, like, my thing. Aspect. They're not similar. Like, it's not... It's it's a, not I mean, if you have a low like, credit score, you can't, like... You get can't get loans or, or anything. Yeah. 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 You can't mean, buy a car. Yeah. I, I feel like money and, like, personal life are different, though. You know? Like, you should not be... You should be able to track my money, but you should not be able to track what I do in my personal life. Like, if I want to jaywalk, I, I want to jaywalk, right? You know? Um, yeah, it's a bit extreme. It is It is very extreme. And another thing that I found uh, interesting, too, was uh, I think I, I was listening to this podcast called The Portal by Eric Weinstein, and he had his boss, Peter Thiel, on it. And they kind of mentioned it a little bit, and they said that, they don't have a problem with the government monitoring us, right? Like, I don't have a problem with that at all either. Like, which, which government? Like, any government. Any government. Yeah, any government. Because, like, think about it. Like, if the government didn't mon- monitor us, we'd be in anarchy right now. Like, if they don't keep tabs on us, we'd be in anarchy. Because there'd be, like, no way to enforce rules. In a sense, well, a, if, if there's a police force, I feel like we wouldn't, but... It, like, I, I think it... I, I, I'm trying to, like, say, like, a, like a more, like higher level than just a police force because like china still has a police force too and like mm-hmm. that's like one level of monitoring but um like it's hard to understand what 325 million people want it's hard to understand what 1.2 billion people in china want right so if you have like these like small things like you you definitely have noticed like on your instagram 
like they tailor like if you say something like they target ads towards you yeah yeah like if which you... i think is really creepy oh i agree like really creepy. definitely i i think that's like way too far but um like if you you gotta you gotta give me monitored a little bit we you can't trust human nature and it's <laughs> full like we were erroneous characters i don't know that's just like like my take on it i guess so you're you're in favor of surveillance but not as extreme as what china's doing it's like i don't know i don't want it like like miss say what i'm trying to like portray here it's like governments need i think like it, it is inherent for a government government to monitor its people but i think there you can overstep that boundary when you start influencing people's lives like to as extreme of a degree as chinese government like they're trying to change human behavior right now like that's way too far like, right but the thing is they're trying to to force people to be good citizens which we want everyone to be a good citizen yeah but just the way they're going about it I yeah it's not good yeah no yeah i agree like ever like you should try to strive to be a good citizen like that's been like the thought of political theory for Ever. Like, I'm pretty sure, like, Plato's Republic, like, mentions the good citizen. Yeah. Like, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what do you... So, what's just your perception of Chinese government in general? It's too much. Too much? I am more of a low government, um, like, involvement type situation than I am in favor of a more, uh, like, on top of me. Like, Less government, less control over more government, more control. Right. I think that they don't trust human nature as much as they should. But, like, you should trust human nature to a certain extent. Definitely. So, <laughs> when I was in China, one thing that came to my realization mm-hmm. is I think there are certain aspects of the Chinese government that are better than our government. Oh, let's hear it. Let's hear it. For example, um, you know, it's 2019. Yeah. Uh, politics are insanely polarized. They're yeah. way too polarized. Oh, way too polarized. Which means, yeah. um, and just in politics in general, in Congress, um, you can't get, there's good luck. You can't get things done. Right. Um, it's very hard because of two parties constantly clashing, mm-hmm. uh, heads. Um, you know, neither party wants to support, uh, the other party's policy, even mm-hmm. if it might be a good policy. Yeah. Just, it's just way too polarized mm-hmm. in the United States currently. But in China, um, since there's no there's one party really, mm-hmm. um, they're able to get anything they want done. For example, mm-hmm. if they want to build a train or build like a train station, mm-hmm. uh, extend the railroad out or ex- extend um, trains out to yeah. the middle of China, they can do that easily. They can um, start that in the next week. Yeah. yeah. But if like if you wanted to do something in the United States, it would take very long time because there's so many regulations yeah. there's um so much polarization uh and that, that's that's one thing i appreciate about the chinese government is that uh they're very efficient mm-hmm. um and it would be interesting to see how much more would get done in the united states if there wasn't this much polarization and there was just yeah. one party or one group just deciding what should be done yeah here's my thing against a one-party system like i have a lot against a one-party system but like Yes, they are far more efficient than us. They can get everything done in time. But one particular party, whether you're in America, you're in England when you're debating Brexit, like they have 
the conservatives against the other party and or if whether or not you're in China, like not one party is correct, right? You need that debate in order to find the correct answer, you know? So yes, they're far more efficient, but that efficiency also led them to implement the social credit system. Something that's, I see as a harm to society. Yeah, they can build that train next week, but they also implemented, they can also implement really horrible things to society. Here's the thing with American politics. I hate it right now. It is horrible. It is the worst thing ever. <laughs> you are completely right when nothing gets done. And it's honestly embarrassing. Like we should be able to, we have some of the brightest people in the world here. We should be able to get more done, but we're not willing to like work on that other side. Like, like you said, like no one's going to come to an agreement, even if the even, bills, like, even it's for the both. greater good. Yeah. So I think, you know, here we go. Here's another happy medium, you know, like no surveillance versus full surveillance. Like you need to find the happy medium and uh, between one party and two parties. Like, you know, it's not a simple answer, obviously. If it was a simple answer, everyone would have perfect democracy in the world right now. But um, I think it's just gotten, I think just politics now have just gotten to more like ad hominem debates rather than debate on politics. Like, like policies it's just more I hate you you hate me so right. we're not getting anything done yeah know? I think honestly I think the only way we get past this is uh, I, I'm in favor of some some sort of change to our current system of government but I don't think that'll ever happen yeah I don't know I, I, well, like, I can't really see how else we'll get because we're so polarized right now I mean I don't I don't see how a president a future president could unite both parties it's I think it's unless like time. unless you know the younger generation realizes that the government's so inefficient that we I just I just either somehow a president is able to unite both parties which I think will be very yeah. very unlikely or younger generation our generation mm -hmm. realizes how inefficient government has been mm -hmm. and um you know if if our generation was in congress um maybe it wouldn't be as polarized I don't know yeah, I think it's. I think one of the main issues is like people value information over knowledge now. Um, I kind of talked about this like in my last podcast. It's like people would rather read a ten paragraph article by CNN um, rather than read a few more articles, form an actual opinion on it. They'll just read the first thing they get. Yep. Um, and then form an opinion off of that, and then uh, they're waiting for the next thing, like. So, like, politics just politics has just become, what can the next thing be? How much can I, like, retain of this information rather than how do we actually fix the big things a problem? Like, CNN has, like, I, I follow CNN on Twitter. They just, like, release so many, like, articles that should just not be released. <laughs> like, they're just, like, so, like, they don't do anything for society. They're not good. It's just, like, thank you. Like, what am I doing with this information now? You know? It's, I agree. I get stuff on my phone a lot. From CNN and yeah. I have the same thought. <laughs> I'm just like, it's just like everything too. Like Fox News, like I don't care what half you say. Like you're just here to say things. Like I feel like, yeah, I don't know. That was a good little tangent right there. <laughs> um, Definitely. <laughs> we've reached 25 minutes. You got anything else to say? Uh, I, I think China's overall, it's a good place. Um, I love the time I spent there. I think you like it because you're an outsider looking in. I think I think. Well, I never I never talked about this. I think yeah. Chinese culture in general, everyone's very polite. You think so? Besides, like, what I mentioned about like bumping into people in personal space, just yeah. um, other mannerisms, like 
when I was talking to like anyone, mm-hmm. any Chinese person, they were very polite. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe because they just they just have a polite attitude towards foreigners or, or Americans. I don't know. Uh, I think it's like loss of tradition here too. I think uh, Chinese are like a far more traditional society. Right, of course. And I think uh, like Japan is too. Um, I bet if you go over there, like everyone to like outside people will be nice to you. Like if you go to New York and you're outside, you're like, no one cares. Like they're going to be a jerk to you. Exactly. They don't care. They'll be a jerk to the guy next to you. If he's American, they'll be a guy jerk to you. If he's a Swedish person, like they don't care. And I think that's because we just have lost tradition. Uh, they're far more traditional societies, but yeah. All right. Anything else, man? No, I think, I think we covered a lot. We did cover a lot. That was good. Uh, that was a good conversation. Um, all right, so uh, everyone, thanks for listening. This is uh, my friend Chasen. Um, hope you guys enjoyed, and yeah, have a good day.